folks welcome back it's wednesday and you know what that means it's time for what's train wreck watching and unless you've been hiding under a bantha for the past couple weeks you know we've been getting into the book of boba fett of course these episodes of what's train wreck watching brought to you by your wifey's favorite pizza spot picasso's pizza now let's get your wifey's favorite panel in here of course starting with the micah man jake micah welcome to the show mike how are we doing tonight sir Living the dream, bro. What a great episode of Boba Fett today. We're back together here on What's Train Wedge Walking. Favorite day, favorite day of the week, Wednesday by far. Always joining here. I'm excited. Let's go. It is always getting into the second half when it's Wednesdays here on What's Train Wedge Watching. And spoiler alert from Jake Micah, the team, the squad, the gang is back together. We got Casali Files, Mr. Hollywood, Joe Casali back in the building. How you doing, Joe? Oh, I am doing great. I mean, not only it's, you know, Disney Plus has graced us every wednesday for the past couple months but uh you know come on it's it's the cold season out there it's brand new star wars every week i mean you know what a time to be alive especially with uh what one of my favorite characters uh boba fett from uh the og trilogy and this show has been non-stop so far so i'm excited to talk about it with you boys for sure Oh, Let's get yeah. right into it. You know, they can't spell trilogy without OG. So I know we obviously get right into the spoilers here on What's Train Our Watch. We're talking Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3, uh, The Streets of Mos Espa. Is that the uh, title we're working with? Yep, yeah. Streets of Mos Espa. What was your takeaway from this episode? Let's start with you, Joe. Let's go around the horn here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, right back at it again with uh, with this world uh, of, uh, of Star Wars uh, post- Return of the Jedi uh, with, uh, uh, you know, again, our favorite Boba. Uh, it's, uh, every episode has been different so far and great. Uh, it's funny. I kind of call it like, even though this isn't Mandalorian, it still kind of feels like, you know, in the same realm. But yeah. I think that's what Disney Plus has been doing so well with these past two shows. Uh, you know, you know, it's not like the sequel trilogy. It's more broadened out, more, you know, OG style storytelling. And I mean... You know, it's 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 just you know, if you love Star Wars, you're gonna love something from this episode because everything is just there from you know little hints at from you know how Tatooine was in the prequel era to the OGs, uh, which I just you know it's just eye candy galore. But I mean, as far as the story goes, it's just been great. You know, back with our Boba Fett and just figuring out you know how he's still gonna you know maintain the throne uh, of Jabba's palace. Yeah, man, it was it was a fun episode. I think all the way through. I, my biggest takeaway, I've talked about this on this pod, on this pod, this show, so many times. I'm up. I'm a sucker for a good car chase. So they gave us a great speeder chase throughout the streets of Tatooine. That was awesome. I, I really, I'm gonna touch on those speeders too. That you just notice the color coordination. Do you notice the bright? I've never seen such bright colors on Tatooine. But all those little yeah. speeder bikes were all. The, so I don't doesn't have anything to do with it. just caught my eye no no you're though. absolutely right a lot of absolutely. the uh, a lot of the fallout i've been seeing from the episode revolves around that color scheme whether it was kind of okay. i guess the word is appropriate for tatooine and yeah well, and a lot that's of what people I wondered, were looking like, for a mad max vibe you know a little darker color scheme but yeah go on that's go what on. i was wondering like these kids like trying to just showed up out of nowhere the street gang that boba is we'll get into later on I feel like there's going to be some significance and that's probably why they're drawing some attention, like some more extreme significance to what's going to be going on. That's why they're trying to draw your attention to it. It was a great episode though. I mean, this show has been, it's flying by. I can't believe we're three through 
Um, but just exploring tattooing with Boba and just every day there's something new popping up for this poor guy. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We are exploring Tatooine through Boba's eyes. And the great thing that I love in this episode as we get into it, so I won't spoil it all the way, Star Wars is at its best when it subverts your expectation. In A New Hope, you had these guys who were just, you know, scrubs, storm the Empire's Death Star, and they rescue a princess. But the princess is the one who kind of has her head on a swivel a little bit better than those guys when they're escaping. It subverts your expectation. And that's what Star Wars did in this episode. And we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we got to give kudos he stuck out like a sore thumb, I got to say. I mean, because he's such a big-name <laughs> actor. And we were saying in the pre-show uh, before we launched, uh, it wasn't the only one in this episode. But Stephen Root as the merchant. So I liked when he kept saying, I don't know what the exact verbiage was, but he's like, I'm like, you know, upset on your behalf. Or like, you know, like he kept saying that like Boba should be the one that was upset, like when he was the one that was obviously dealing with it. He's trying to move some water at a top price. I mean, let's face it, on Tatooine, Clearly a uh, very sought-after mineral, so hard to blame him. Gave a great performance. What would you think of this sequence, uh, Kasali, as we were looking for Boba kind of holding an open court, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, first off, I mean, Stephen Root is nothing but, you know, he's one of those guys that always kind of shows up in in, uh, unordinary characters uh, within movies like Get Out and Dodgeball and all that stuff. But he's always just a sight to see because he's just – he he really knows how to how to really broaden his horizons with the uh, different stories, and I mean, you know, everybody wants to be a part of Star Wars one way or another. So you know, now's the time to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, what I always loved about Tatooine is, uh, you know, it really is, you know, a hive of scum and villainy, not just Mos Eisley, but obviously, you know, all the different towns within uh, uh, a Tatooine. So I always loved kind of seeing like the world building. Obviously we know Boba and we know his story, but you know, to kind of get that feeling of what he's going through. And obviously Boba, he's really trying, like I kind of was saying before to, you know, get, you know, some, not really push fear like Jabba did, but show like he, he needs, you know, he has a handle on things and he wants to be in charge. So obviously, you know, this show has kind of shown us that people are not taking him seriously. Hell, I'm, you know, who knows if everybody, you know, really thought he was dead for, you know, however long it was between him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit and and falling in. So, you know, it, it's just always interesting. Again, like I said, it's always it, it's always great how they definitely push like these new different, uh, you know, characters within the story and. And, you know, it, again, it's cool kind of because, you know, obviously it's a desert planet, Tatooine. Water has to be a serious source of uh, of income or, or whatnot because, you know, there's many things going on within this galaxy far, far away. So it, it was definitely a great start for sure. Yeah, I... I was like taken aback. All I could think about was dodgeball. That that's uh, that for that next five minutes. I just was like, damn, I want to watch dodgeball now. But yeah, yeah it was a great start. And I, I like what you said there, Casali, about Boba because clearly his his whole rule with respect thing is not off to a hot start. And just just like every turn, like I feel like every interaction he has, he's just reminded of that with somebody not in his own in his own gang or whatever. Yeah. Um, is that every interaction someone's just telling him like listen no one gives a shit like no one's listening to you no one cares whatever and it's got to be for a guy that's i mean he's not as pr- like they're clearly portraying he's not as proud he's not like this villainous guy like, he's not like trying to do it he's just trying to run it run it the way he thinks it should be done and run it the right way evidently differently than and obviously differently than Jabba. and 
you know, you can't rationalize with irrational people sometimes. He's dealing with a lot of irrational people. So it was a cool little, it's just cool to see like all the little interactions because everybody's disrespected him in like slightly days. He just, he's taking it all in, but at some point, man, he's going to, he's going to lose it. He's going to get pissed with one of these guys. Agreed. Boba, Boba's going to literally have to take out the stick. It's not the jetpack. It's not the blaster, which is going to be, you know, his ultimate enforcement. It's going to be the stick that he's obviously earned with his Tuscan <clears throat> crew in the pre-Mando storyline in this show so far. And mm-hmm. speaking of the storyline, so we go on, we find that the crew that's stealing from uh, Steven Root is a colorful bunch, kind of uh, uh, cyborgs, I guess you could call them. I decided to start calling them the $6 million crew because they're all different parts of like <laughs> robots and built up everything. So this crew, even despite living in the working sector of uh, Moss Espa, can't find uh, any just. By the way, Moss Espa at night looked amazing. Looked oh, like yeah. a, oh, yeah. It looked like an amazing vibe. It looked like a place you'd like to go for a nice uh, spring retreat. But with that said, uh, so Boba ends up pulling the trigger on these guys in a different way, Kazali. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> obviously within, you know, Tatooine, the, you know, what what that, uh, you know, planet has kind of goes through with his different crowds. Uh, this was definitely, you know, some uh, this group was definitely, uh, you know, something that we've never really seen before. But obviously, uh, they kind of have the same kind of, I guess, modem, uh, momentum as as Boba because they still want to kind of, you know, do whatever they need to do in their own terms um, to kind of just, you know, show some force or power. Uh, and I guess that kind of makes it a little bit more relatable. Obviously, with Boba, you know, he was always kind of doing his own thing, you know, as a, as a Mandalorian and, and just kind of doing his own way in the dark side and stuff like that. Like he never really worked for anybody. He just, you know, kind of did his own thing, whether it was with Vader and empire or Java and return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it is always kind of interesting to see, you know, him dealing with other people, obviously his chemistry with, uh, you know, the great Fennec Shan has been nothing but great because I guess they kind of see, you know, from eye to eye, not only they're working together, but they have their own, you know, uh, uh, thing to go to. So to get some more people in the mix where, you know, they kind of have the same idea of, of what they really need to do in order to survive, uh, you know, it was very, very interesting. So, and it, you know, and again, it's always cool. Like I said, with, with the different cast of characters within Star Wars, it's always interesting because we never really kind of seen people like with, I mean, you know, obviously like We've had, you know, people get robot arms and, and legs and stuff yeah. like that within the the trilogies. But like, you know, like cyborgs and like different kind of, you know, motley crew of sorts. I think that is, uh, you know, something that's kind of brand new to the table. And again, for a, a franchise that has been going on since 1977, it's always interesting uh, to see how they could still push forward. So I, I definitely am very intrigued by this crew for sure. Yeah, I'm very, I'm intrigued, but I'm skeptical because I just, these people, I mean, I usually wouldn't go with some random old man when they tell me there's work to do somewhere, no matter what. <laughs> They're a little more trusting than I was. And obviously Tatooine's probably a little bit of a different place. I'm just very interested to see what happens if someone comes along and makes them potentially a better offer. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. kind of just came along. They were in a position like, ah, like might as well as get paid. Let's do something. This guy isn't, you know, here to kill us or anything. So, but as we see 
these different walls starting to close in on Boba. And just obviously he's got all sorts of enemies, even ones he doesn't even know about yet at this point in the episode. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that they've shown just like they popped up out of nowhere and then they're just like integral. Like they, he had the guy spy. We didn't even see him tell that guy to go spot like later on, whatever. And they, they're giving him information and stuff. I don't know. I just don't, I just don't trust it. I don't trust these, these, group of ragtag cyborgs that boba's got bringing along with him true the storylines developed but boba needs to build a crew and he doesn't have time to be that's choosy true. right now with where <laughs> he's true. at uh outside of Mos Espa. so can't blame him there um yes yeah, so then we obviously get our flash back to we're back to um with him with the tuscans talking with the pikes about you know safe travel and the routes on the sands of uh tatooine the Nikto Sandriders gang are claiming the protection tax with the Pikes. So this is a little bit where you get into the politics and things like mm -hmm. that uh, of the situation. But obviously, you get the heartbreaker. And this is where Star Wars subverts your expectations. When Anakin slaughters the Tusken Raiders in episode two, you're like, eh, they're kind of just like savages. And Anakin was super upset. And he kind of had like a temper tantrum. Like, this was heartbreaking when Boba yeah. was walking back. When the smoke, when I saw the smoke, like... I knew the answer, but I didn't want to ask the question. Mm -hmm. Like that—that's exactly where I was. And obviously, he walks up. I guess the only, um, you know, anything to take out of this that you know isn't heartbreaking. I guess the female warrior wasn't seen amongst the the bods. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's what okay. I was reading the recap. So I, I had a little tough time when he was going through the bodies. I think I thought he saw the the female, but I guess he saw the, uh, you know, the the leader because they are they are pretty it. similar uh, in their dress unfortunately but again this was just so big to me because it was so much different than the episode two feeling in my mind yeah absolutely i mean again kind of like what you just said um you know how it kind of sub subverts our perspectives because you know we're used to seeing tuscan and uh, you know i brought this up last week for sure you know that we're used to seeing the the tuscan raiders as these savages you mm -hmm. know within the original trilogy within episode two um, you know, all that stuff. So to kind of see it through, you know, different eyes as them, you know, as uh, friends and not foes, I think is, again, is is such a great way to, again, you know, kind of move the story along, do do different perspectives and whatnot, because this is such not only is it such obviously a big universe, but you know, we, we know these, we've known these characters since, you know, again, A New Hope in 99 and mm -hmm. uh, 77. So you know, it's uh, that's what I really, you know, kind of enjoyed by, you know, at least their introduction within the first two, because it was kind of cool to, you know, how they set up, you know, not only showing, you know, a sequel to Mandalorian season two, but to really showcase, you know, what the hell happened mm -hmm. to Boba Fett after the Sarlacc pit. So, yeah. um, which, you know, has been my favorite part of this show so far. So to kind of, you know, to see that and to kind of, you know, get a little, you know, sentimental about these, these, this tribe, you know, it's always interesting. And I, I always find that, you know, so, so kind of, you know, uh, special. So I definitely uh, felt like that was, that, that's definitely been shown throughout, you know, within these uh, first three episodes for sure. Yeah, you guys pretty much touched on it, but the fact that Robert Rodriguez took the Tuscans, made us give a shit about them, that gave us all that, especially the last episode, all the emotions and everything with them getting with Boba and helping him out and him doing everything. And then they're like, you know what? We're actually just gonna do this. It, I mean, it's great television work, obviously, and gives us 
a lot of understand more understanding of Boba's motivations and kind of where like what he's obviously obviously what he's gone through and everything but just showing us kind of the difference of where he was obviously when you're saying like in, in the old movies and the original trilogy and everything and now we get to explore it a little bit and see like he is he is human like he's not just a clone he's not just we have all the cloned background and everything yeah. he's not just a clone he's not and all the clones like you can forge your own path and do what you need to do i think this was a really great way of humanizing it and obviously mm-hmm. it has of course unfortunately it has to come in a tragic way but it's definitely setting up for it was a it was good i'm interested to see if, how much more pre-mando stuff we get um going on like what he's gonna do if there is more after that he saw this what we get to see him do and that that's not what i was even thinking about until right now it just kind of popped in my head but it's it's a lot of interesting still plots that they can go with in that in that time frame pre-mando um with where boba i'm sure he's obviously very pissed at after that and is going to be out for more revenge and more mm-hmm. be more vengeful than he has been so far so it's going to be interesting to see yeah and the pre-mando storyline he might as well be taylor swift he's got a blank slate okay <laughs> i had to get it out of the way but then you're you're ha- you're having thoughts pop into your mind uh mike uh, out of nowhere and all of a sudden Kersantin pops into Boba's bank to tank. My my first thought is, what the fuck? How do you get into the bank to tank room with like nobody noticing? But I didn't have time to worry about that. Neither did Boba. Now this scene has a lot of people in uproar. Kersantin is deeply tied into the canon, as we'll get more into here briefly. Um, but what did you guys think? Like, should that bear hug have been have let Boba be a little dunzo? I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously. You know, Wookiees have always had such a, uh, uh, you know, weird kind of history within within Star Wars. So it's always, I mean, what 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 they're doing with this character, had, you know, is definitely kind of you know interesting because especially you know as far as you know we uh, you know our favorite Wookiee Chewbacca, we you know everybody I'm sure when oh I I remember too when when he first showed up. You know, you kind of always you know you got that feeling of you know the lovable Wookiee. So. Again, it's always interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, take place. I always, I find it interesting too, because, you know, it's funny when, when they were working on Return of the Jedi, before they turned into Ewoks, they were supposed to be Wookiees that they went to the the planet and stuff like that uh, on, uh, on, you know, before they did those changes. So to kind of, you know, do that, I, I won't say they're doing that again, but to, to, you know, have us have a familiar face, even though, you know, obviously it's not chewy is always, you know, is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, you know, it definitely, uh, I lost what I was going to say. I definitely creative kind of thing to, you know, um, to An have. interesting parallel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I'm with you, Manny. I thought Boba was done. So like, it, I was like, when he they did the bear hug and when he bit the arm, I cringed so hard. I cringed the, so hard. There was, a, there was like a crack sound that they played too. I was like, oh man, this, this dude's back. He's going to be like laying on the ground. He was up walking around. It must've just been like the, had to be the best back crack ever though. Like from a Seriously. Wookiee, like, oh my God, you probably feel like a new person after that. Um, But uh, it's, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, whatever they they came in and the, they got back up in there pretty quickly. I was just surprised that Boba was able to to handle that, but it was it was cool to see them follow back up. Terrifying! I got scared right when he showed up. When like when when he was 
right in there. I was like, oh man, like we're really yeah. doing. This I right yeah, I had a gas moment because I knew something was up when the when the tank lifted and water was just like flowing out like crazy, <laughs> like for that half second. I was like, oh no. It makes you think. Like, I mean, we kind of really don't even. I guess because he's old and withered within you know what he has been through but like even as far as what he's you know i guess doing in the bath tank all the time trying to i guess you know repair and 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 you know as as medicine but it kind of also makes you think of like how much of a shock is it you know just getting taken yeah, out of right? that bath tank you know like what what are the repercussions even on that i don't think i mean i'm sure it's definitely you know very slim but still mm-hmm. you know i mean we we know these bath tanks are as far as you know a you know a medicine to heal. Like I mean, we've we've seen them ever since Empire, really. So yeah. you know, who knows? Well, he's been in there. He's in there all the time too. Like I've yeah, never seen anybody in Star Wars. In so yeah. is it like giving him powers or something? Maybe he's got. Maybe it's got like some like extra juice in there, and that's how he was able to like withstand that. Like not powers, but just some yeah. kind of extra like. I don't know anything because that would explain that a little bit more. And he is really in there. Like he's in there. Yeah, he's, he's so in there a while. Beat up, either he's beat up or he's like finessing everybody. Like, listen, I got, I got the sweet stuff in this back to tank. I'm well, ready yeah. to go now. It's so just very knows? soothing. <laughs> the only thing more sus than that soothing back to that Boba's enjoying these huts giving up after like they, they weren't even yeah, in a full it. episode. Like, so yeah. something's going on. I'm trying to read amongst the people. I mean, again, this isn't like Marvel, whereas it is direct comic book link, even though we'll get exactly. to a panel here in a second with Chris Santon. Um, but seems to be the idea that a lot of people think is, is maybe Crimson Dawn as, as the mm. other syndicate that's mm, taking over okay. and the huts are kind of just stepping aside, going to let the, yeah. the sides fight it out and then come in and fight whoever's left over. I mean, any idea you guys have, or I mean, this is obviously sus, right? This, we're all on the same page. This is oh, yeah. like, uh, oh, yeah. this is like Eleanor Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we, the Huts have always been this malicious, you know, crew. Obviously, we, you know, we know, you know, we come to love the infamous Jabba, but what we know about their race, you know, is is they've always been this infamous gangster is and, yep. and that's what this you know the show has you know been kind of doing so far as well as doing the the gangster side you know the the uh, uh like the godfather side of star wars and whatnot uh so yeah i mean yeah we'll see but yeah as far as what they're you know they're just giving up and and giving it like no i don't, I don't believe that for a second especially i mean this is still episode three so you know for them to bring in you know this this you know the twins of the the huts and and you know this put a crown on their head yeah i i definitely think that you know something's fishy absolutely i feel so bad for those people carrying around the twins like oh one java must have been java must have been enough two of them though yeah. oh my God. all right but with the they're 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 trying to do something super sus for sure i mean they gifted Obviously, they gifted our boy Boba with a beautiful new Rancor. Rancor. Yes, the big puppy. But that mm-hmm. is not a big puppy. That he is not. That was very at the end of that little scene with Boba, you know, kind of petting him, thinking that there was gonna be he's like, I'm gonna ride this thing, whatever. That was a very ominous look from both uh our guest here and Rancor, because I I, I don't know. I'm not very I don't know why you would just give somebody a Rancor. It doesn't seem like a nice, like yeah. I wouldn't give you guys that for Christmas, I don't think. It's just like mm-hmm. a gift. So it seems like that was the part where I was like, what? They're really just gonna like weaponize this man. So 
I don't know, man. It's there's not a lot of not a lot of good energy for Boba. He should he probably shouldn't be listening to any of these people around him. Yeah. He's got danger all around him. Now I don't even know if I trust the six million dollar crew. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, okay, so we're in the falling action here on what's trainer watching sponsored by Picasso Speeds in the falling action of chapter three, book of Boba Fett. Um, so it kind of goes to a scene where the mayor is not gonna see Boba. Boba doesn't really take too kindly to a lack of appointment availability. They go to pay him a visit. Chase scene. Get what you guys think of this chase scene? Oh yeah, I mean you know classic Star Wars. It's you know it's always always fun to kind of uh, you know do that you know within um, you know that we that we've always seen you know even in the trilogies you know like in Endor and stuff like that and and oh it's always fun it's always fun to you know uh, go always kind of do that. I always have a good time. Yeah, I this dude. I want to. I want to fight the whoever this the mayor's whatever his that is the assistant or whatever that guy is like the major is, domo never, the major domo major domo. <laughs> I <laughs> I have never disliked a character in Star Wars more than I can not stand that. Man. Like I was really how good is he at I, making himself unlikable? Like the oh, non-verbals and everything to just be such a prick. <laughs> Oh, they don't they, they don't have appointments for 20 days. That's what they tried to oh yeah, he's booked up for 20 days. Sorry, like, like not even like not even 21. They couldn't just say three weeks. He's like, yeah, let's just make it 20. This will make it seem more realistic. Like this dude, man, they Bova needs to. It's gonna be so great when Bova just like throws him in the Sarlacc pit or something. I don't know. That guy, oh, he deserves Boba. the Sarlacc pit. Boba is gonna muscle missile blast that guy. Winding up here, so we find out via the spy, uh, the the six million dollar crew had the spy at the uh, spaceport or whatever, and we see the pikes unloading. So for right now, it's basically Lord Fett versus the pikes until it seems like something else is going to come in at the end. So the, the syndicate that the huts were talking about, the huts themselves, the mayor. There's so many pieces at play here. Uh, you guys have any predictions for the next three episodes? Um. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to see Fett really trying to go through, you know, trying to get his, I mean, as far as him working with his crew and stuff like that, trying to get a feeling of what it, what it really means to be in charge, but really again, you know, trying to do whatever he can to do, uh, you know, to really hold his own. I, I mean, obviously now he's gotten the, the gift of the rancor, um, so I, I think that's going to be in play. I always thought that was always an interesting, uh, thing to see too, because, you know, we never really got to see the rancor unless he was covered up, you know, in, in Return of the Jedi. So to see him like actually right there, uh, you know, in a full picture was always, was very interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm game. This show has been, you know, so great. So, so far. So, you know, just, as long as we have Tamara Morrison here playing Boba, I'm, I'm down uh, as always. So, uh, you know, who knows? But, you know, obviously, I'm sure we got a lot more coming our way. I don't I, I'm you guys aren't going to like this, but I still don't trust Fennec. I still feel like she is the one. Yeah, that is, she's the one like she's so close to him. All these things are coming up close to him. They've yeah. got this six million dollar crew now. That's I don't know, man. I, those those yeah, little, I mean, they even that I, I've noticed that, too, that they've been kind of showing a little hesitation. between one bit, yeah. yeah, a little bit like like not like very prominent, but, you know, a little faint here and there. So mm -hmm. I could see that. I just He's, see her being like. I can run this 
just as good as you can, maybe a little better. And that's all mm-hmm. it takes, really, in this kind of universe. I mean, that's a wrestling storyline. He literally saved her from <laughs> he saved her dying in the sands of Tatooine, like, and she would yep. come up against him. That would be just horrible. Speaking of storylines that we love to see, so obviously we're talking about Canon and Star Wars as we wrap up here on what's train rock watching, but of course, with Black Kersantan. Got the uh, so him and Boba team up in the com- in a in a comic, Jake. Here's the here's the words of that this episode where I think it's good is that when he lets him go, he says, "I could it was either that or I killed him." So he kind of owes him a life debt now, right? Like that's a Wookiee life debt. If he could have mm-hmm. killed him in that moment, Kirsten's gonna think about it. He's gonna be like, "Shit, I gotta go back there." They are together in the comics. This is from a Darth Vader issue, so I mean. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with this show, if there's going to be some Empire or First Order action going on too. But uh, yeah, I think I think that that one line about him saying I could have killed him as he's running away, it's going to make Kirstan think like, oh man, I owe this man more than anything. And that was, listen, he doesn't need Fennec. He doesn't need those colorful speeder people. Give him the Gamorreans. Give him a Wookiee. I, that's, mm-hmm. I would go to war with those guys. That's all. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I could see that. I like that too because that also, I mean, as far as you know, within uh, uh, Solo, you know, they kind of did mm-hmm. that as well. Where you know, when we first got to see how Han and Chewie met, you know, they were kind of at odds with each, with each other, but Han rescued Chewie, and then obviously Han and Chewie have been, you know, partners for forever. So yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I mean, you know, I, listen, I think. He, that is such an interesting character to have. So, uh, you know, if we get more of him, I am all all down. And and you just made me think of something very interesting. Is our boy is he, is it possible that our boy Han could could show up in this? With oh, the, the, there's whispers. Is there, for sure. there, there, there's there's whispers about that. Kyra, I haven't thought like, about it at all till now. Kira, Kira was a part of Crimson Dawn in the Solo mm-hmm. story, so. It's all open. That's the great thing with Canon. The other name that, yeah. uh, as we as we wind down here, Cad Bane. Cad Bane's yep. out there yeah. somewhere in the Crimson Dawn universe. Mm-hmm. So you're getting Mal Hutta. You're getting Danny Trejo mentioning the Night Witches of Dathomir, which is oh, like yeah. literally Danny referencing Trejo, Darth Maul's way, mom. Popping up. Uh-huh. I was gonna say Maul, Maul too potentially. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yep. You know, Most I mean, I will say. There, there's so much because even with you know, I mean, even with Solo, you know, they kind of. They they brought open this whole world within, and obviously, yes, that movie had a lot of production troubles, and you know, it didn't. I I, I enjoyed the film. Um, it didn't do that great in the box office and all mm-hmm. that, and kind of you know put Disney's whole thing of doing you know spinoffs and the saga you know to a halt. Even though now these shows have been doing something, we know yeah. that somewhere in the future there's a Lando show coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whether that remains to be seen how how far in advance who knows because there hasn't been any tentative release but yeah that's um, a busy man right there donald glover i mean he always is <laughs> but but yeah i mean at the end of solo they they really you know uh focus forced too much what uh where you know it kind of showed you know um <clears throat> kira you know now kind of becoming in charge by taking down crimson dawn and um you know, and having Darth Maul show up at the end. So who knows? I don't, you know, cause that's still far, like way far before this. Cause solo takes that's place true. Yeah. right before a new hope. And this is after return. So I don't think that's going to be a lot there. Um, but 
you know, again, who knows? I mean, as who far knows, as yeah. is that, if that's what, you know, that's what kind of Star Wars has been doing now, which, which, you know, broadening the shows and we, we see how well, you know, a spinoff of Mandalorian that started two years ago has, has already True. been doing so well. So I think, you know, within this realm, as long as they keep doing this, what they're doing now with the shows and broadening out the story and, and really caring about, you know, again, the story, the, you know, the story, not just setting up a, you know, a trilogy or whatnot quickly, just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think this is really where, you know, there, it shines for star Wars for sure. So Sure. I'm I'm all for it. Whatever we get, whatever comes our way, I, I am I am all for it. And I think that the, really the sky's the limit. They really can do whatever because they have so much too within the cartoon series and all that stuff too. So mm -hmm. you know who knows? But I mean, we're all here for it. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For us here at What's Train Eric watching, make sure you're following along. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your major one speaker, all of them, Twitter, YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, MySpace. And it's always about what's next. It's always on what's trainer watching. It's always about next week's episode here. But for us, it's actually about peacemaking time. And it Ooh. is Peacemaker yeah. out tomorrow. So I know we'll probably be doing an episode tomorrow, barring some kind of craziness. Um, from mm -hmm. there, we'll probably find a system to double up so we're not doing episodes every day back to back. But super excited about Peacemaker, gents. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I am been I loved the Suicide Squad, and mm -hmm. I you know and and what John Cena did with that role, and and mm -hmm. even not only that, but a James Gunn show I think has got me so amped up. Oh yeah, especially that because not only you know he did he you know wowed us with what he was able to do with the Suicide Squad, um, you know, and obviously he's working right now really hard on Guardians Three, but having him you know helm a show. And all that stuff, and to see really what DC's doing, I think this is the great way for what DC could do. You oh, know, yeah. within you know, not not worry about building a universe, but really focusing on characters and having John Cena come back as Peacemaker. I am so excited, and I've also heard nothing but amazing things. Oh, you know, I, they started. Sure. A lot of people have started. At, you know, uh, I, I've read a lot of stuff because a lot of you know people have already been able to see. I think the first two episodes. And have been saying it's been nothing but great. So I'm so, so excited for, yeah. uh, absolutely, for some Peacemaker tomorrow. During my quarantine, I went back and I was watching all sorts of movies, shows. So I actually finally sat down and watched the four-hour Snyder Cut. And I rewatched <laughs> The Suicide Squad. So I'm locked in on DC stuff right now. And I'm so excited. And honestly, just so excited as a wrestling fan to have John Cena back in my life every week. I oh, miss yeah. that man. And he is the best. John Cena is great. I cannot wait yeah. to see that man on my screen again. So, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Well, luckily that starts tomorrow. But as for Book of Boba Fett and this week of episode of What's Trainer Watching, it's all about next, next, next week's, week's, week's episode. episode.